Hey, Patricia Engler here with the Zero Compromise Podcast. Just wanted to let you know that at Answers in Genesis, we believe that life begins at fertilization, as evidenced by our many written materials and our powerful pro-life exhibit, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, at the Creation Museum. We believe there are multiple ways that Christians can advocate for preborn life, and the following podcast episode illustrates one of the ways this is being done by the End Abortion Now Ministry. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, welcome to Zero Compromise, helping you stand for truth in a world that falls for lies. I'm Patricia Angler here at the Creation Museum, joined by Jessica Jaworski, aka JJ and Rocket Rob. Hello. What's up, guys? Okay, so who do we have with us today, Rob? Coming in all the way from, all the way from Arizona from Apologia Church, we got Jeff Durbin in the house here yep. with End Abortion Now Ministry. And if you guys haven't noticed, we are in our Fearfully and Wonderfully Made exhibit, one of the most powerful pro-life exhibits in the world. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today in, in this episode. We're going to be talking to uh, Jeff here about... Got a uh, giant baby in the background. Got a giant baby in the background, by the way, giant if you guys baby. haven't noticed that. <laughs> So, yeah, hop on YouTube and take a look if you can't yeah. see it. Uh, yeah, so co- come on down to the Creation Museum. You guys can see it for yourself. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. We have Jeff Durbin here from End Abortion Now, Apologia Radio, Apologia Studios. Um, yeah, if you want to just quickly say who you are, what your guys' ministry does, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, uh, you kind of already did. So no, I'm <laughs> uh, Jeff Durbin, pastor at Apologia Church, one of uh, four pastors at Apologia, Apologia Studios. Um our platform put out all kinds of videos on evangelism, street evangelism, apologetics, uh, public debates, um, teaching ministry, all that stuff. We also have endabortionnow.com, uh, uh, where we actually equip and raise up churches to go out to the abortion mills to preach the gospel, to offer help, to offer hope to mothers and fathers that are coming into the abortion mill. And uh, so we've raised up a bunch of churches to do that, and uh, right now we have saved ten, tens of thousands of lives outside the abortion mill through over 900 churches that are currently doing it or, or signed up with us and doing it and trained. Um, and we also uh, are doing work with legislators and states uh, to provide bills of equal protection for all humans from fertilization. And so those are bills of um, criminalization, uh, the end of, uh, the abolishment of abortion, so very different than we've seen over the last 50 years of Roe versus Wade, uh, a very um, distinctly Christian approach to this area. So speaking on that here, so the title of, of our podcast here, what we're called is Zero Compromise. And so, I like that. Um, based on these bills of abolition, what makes these bills unique versus a lot of the other pro-life bills that are out there in terms of that compromise? Well, it's the, it's the well, I'd say starting with uh, the myth of neutrality. Uh, there, Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. Uh, there is no neutrality. And uh, the idea that uh, we can approach the world or brute facts with neutrality is, is just not true. Um, everyone has a worldview. People firm, firm up their commitments to their presuppositions and their assumptions when they approach evidence. Um, uh, I believe that philosophically speaking and speaking as a Christian, um, there is no way to ultimately have certainty without the revelation of God. And so God's Word is the very reference point. And so when we approach the issue of abortion in our country, we approach it very differently than the uh, establishment has uh, from the beginning, uh, where they try to approach it with neutrality. Uh, They'll try to approach it with um, actually bold and confident claims that they are not Christian organizations. Uh, Some of the largest organizations in in the nation that are quote-unquote pro-life um, will actually boast in the fact that they are not Christian organizations, that they are not approaching it uh, with a, a foot firmly planted in Scripture. They are approaching it from a neutral perspective, they'll say from a biological perspective. Um, and uh, we don't do that. We don't believe that that's um, philosophically co- coherent or even possible. 
we don't believe that that's faithful in terms of being Christians and being under the Lordship of Christ, who has all authority in heaven and on earth. We don't think it's uh, faithful in terms of Jesus saying, you're either with him or you're against him. Uh, so there's no neutrality with him. You come to him to die. You come to him as Lord. Um, and uh, so we are approaching it as Christians, distinctly as Christians, with the gospel at the very center of our argument against the issue of abortion. Um, and and I think in terms of like what's the distinctive between, say, end abortion now, which is just our local church, raising up other local churches, working with other other churches. What's the distinction in how we approach it is we approach it um, in terms of equal protection and justice, no partiality. And so what you have seen uh, for decades is the approach to ending abortion in our nation has been Christless. It's been gospel-less. It's been without the call to repentance and faith. Um, and I don't believe transformation is even possible uh, without a new heart, without regeneration, and regeneration doesn't occur apart from the gospel. Uh, but they have approached it with partiality in terms of uh, when they have put bills in that they even say are bills of victory, they'll say, um, you know, we, we got a bill and it passed. Praise God, thank you for your donations. And I don't, mean this to, I don't mean this to impugn their motives, but in terms of consistency, they'll say, we passed a bill, um, it, was, it was effective, we accomplished it, and the bill will say something like, um, you can kill your children using these methods, but you aren't allowed to use sharp instruments. Those are bills of partiality. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're bills Which that are God in- speaks specifically in Proverbs that he that it's an abomination to him to use unequal weights and measures that partiality. So this is mm-hmm. again not just Jeff's own opinion here. This is biblically speaking based on God's word. This is why we need to be doing this. And that's and that's, a, that's a clear distinction. Is that we would say you have to do this with consistency. Um, you know, even if you said, let's pretend for a moment, we weren't under the Lordship of Christ, and we just said, okay, let's say that consistency is the standard. Well, consistency, if you say all human life begins at fertilization, which the pro-life establishment does say that, uh, so praise God for that, uh, they're, they're right on that. If you say it starts at uh, fertilization and all human life is sacred and needs to be protected, then we think you should be consistent with that claim, and you should not uh, be a part of writing legislation that is partial and says, you can kill these children, but not these children. Um, an example of that is um, in our state, you were with us actually mm-hmm. at Apologia. Mm-hmm. We got a bill into, uh, into Arizona that was just equal protection, human life, fertilization, equally protect all humans in the state of Arizona. That bill was fought against by the pro-life establishment. And what they said was, is that, well, you should pass our bill instead. And their bill said, you could not kill a child in Arizona for the express reason that it had a genetic abnormality, which was a moot point anyways, because all you had to do was say, I'm not killing it because it has Down syndrome, I'm killing it because I hate it. Exactly. And that would have got around the bill. Um, Or they said things like, you can kill your child, um, but you have to give it a proper burial. Um, And that literally went into legislation. Um, and so you'll also have bills that will go in that are parti- partiality, unequal weights and measures, where they say, you can kill the child if you can't detect a heartbeat, to which also you're also entrusting the abortionist to find the heartbeat. He gets paid to not find it. Um, and so we would say, as Christians, we need to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Scripture is very clear. You, you mentioned in Proverbs. Proverbs. It's all over the Bible, by the way. It's everywhere. But Proverbs makes some pretty bold claims about um, unequal weights and measures. And one of the claims made about unequal weights and measures is that it is an abomination. That word is strong. Toevah in the Hebrew. Um, and what's interesting is that Christians recognize the word, Toeva, abomination, because there are particular sexual choices made 
in the law of God that God calls an abomination, and Christians are very good at calling that out, saying, God calls that an abomination, you can't do that. That's a, that's a violation of God's law. And we recognize how serious it is of a claim for God to say, this sin is a toeva, abomination. He uses the same word, the same word, to describe unequal weights and measures in terms of justice and treating our neighbor. And of course, I'd also point people to James, read James' epistle on James chapter 2, partiality. Yeah, we're talking Old Testament, New Testament here, yeah. throughout the Bible yeah. here. Partiality yeah. is, is a very serious sin. And, and again, I want to also just reiterate so our listeners are clear on this. We're not questioning the, the, the character of the legislators that are putting out these type of bills, yeah. heartbeat bills. Of course, a lot of them have good intentions. They really do believe that life begins a fertilization. What we're saying, though, is to be consistent, right? As Christians, yeah. it's very important for us to be consistent with what we're saying and how we're actually... Going through. You said no compromise. Yeah. Exactly. No compromise. If we believe that, the Christians love pithy slogans like Jesus is king. But there are conclusions you must come to when you say Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Like he has something to say to even our leaders. Like he makes moral claims against our leaders. He appoints our leaders. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're under his authority. And, and so it can be a coffee mug with no meaning. Or it could be something that's a claim that's made in the, in, the, in the public square that actually gets Christians arrested, like Pastor Wang Yi in China, who was, uh, who was put into jail. He's still somewhere suffering for the gospel, specifically because he believed Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords over China, and he was seen and actually declared to be an enemy of the state, because he said there was an authority above the CCP. So no compromise means in the area of this issue of abortion, like you said, we, we, I'm not saying I know what's in your heart. I'm not saying there's anything bad about your character. I'm saying that as a Christian, I'm calling down inconsistency. Right. And it's inconsistency that has led to more and more deaths of, of the most innocent and vulnerable among us. And so as Christians, I have to be more concerned with the glory of God and love for neighbor than I am about hurting somebody's feelings when I call out an inconsistency. And again, it goes back to that consistent theme, no neutrality, no compromise. That's something that we say here at Answers in Genesis all the time, that no one can approach any area of life in a neutral fashion. We're all going to have a worldview. We're all going to have a perspective based mm -hmm. on those presuppositions. And that's actually something I learned. Um, for those that don't know, I came from Arizona, going to Apologia Church for, uh, for a few years. And I remember that was really one of the biggest hurdles that I came to, listen to you and Pastor Luke and James White, you know, just realizing that that no neutrality. Neutrality is a myth. Life begins at fertilization. We have that from the biblical worldview, but what are some practical experiences in your life where you've actually seen this firsthand and why life is so important in this debate? In terms of the the Christian worldview and believing this. Yeah, and right. believing this really firsthand with your son Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to just spend, spend a few, mm -hmm. few minutes there, I mean, because yeah. it's a really, really awesome yeah, story. Yeah, so I'll just say, first of all, you know, uh, Beliefs have consequences, right? And we, uh, you see that in history. I mean, you see it every day all around us. Beliefs have consequences. And so one of the consequences of what we believe as Christians from God's Word about being fearfully and wonderfully made and about the value of human life and the image of God is the ministry that we've raised up has saved tens of thousands of lives. And that's lives that have been saved sometimes moments before they were taken um, at the abortion facility. So I've gotten to hold the babies in my arms that have been saved moments from death. Um, one of the, my, the first baby I held that we saved in an abortion mill, 
the first baby I held was Carmelo, Carmelo. and yeah. he was saved. The mother was on the operating table, oh, wow. and we were able to con- con- convince his father through preaching faith. I want you to tell that story about the father just real quick. You want me to tell is, it? That is an amazing, amazing story. Okay. If you guys haven't heard. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. So this, this, we're brand new to this. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, we're not professionals. All we know is we love these women, these children, these fathers, and that we know the gospel. That's all we went to the abortion mills with. We were not professionals. We didn't receive specialized training. We're just a church that wanted to save lives and use the gospel. So we go out. We go out there, and 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 there. And one day that we went there, there was this. I pull up, and there was this atheist just agitating. He's just there. He dropped a woman off to to kill her baby, and uh, he's arguing with our with our church out there. And he is just fired up. And I can see our church is exasperated. Like people are surrounding this guy are just wore out. He's wearing him down. So I go up, and uh, I start you know, engaging him. And um, he's getting frustrated because I'm just trying my best to make sure I expose his inconsistencies and show him what he's standing on. So as that conversation is is going, it was really bad when I walked up. And by the time it finished, he said, you know what? I, I don't agree with you. He said, but I I, I really like you. <laughs> um, now, mind you, the because of that conversation, because things were getting so rough with this guy, he was a very fiery atheist. One of the guys that was with us was so wore out and just deflated from this conversation and all the, the death that was happening. He was It's a hard place to be. You're just mourning it is. there. You're, yeah. It is. When I tell people, and I'll say this quickly, when you first go to do this ministry, prepare for your first few times to be a time of mourning and crying, mm-hmm. because it's going to happen. I remember my, my first time at the abortion mill in Arizona. I remember going to the one in Tempe. And uh, you don't realize the spiritual warfare aspect yeah. of it. And, yeah. yeah. Dark, you, it's, it's dark palpable, place. it's hard. It's you're, you, you do have to mourn a bit because you realize, oh my goodness, this wasn't just theory. Mm-hmm. She's walking in right now and she's gonna, there's two. She's going to come out as one and that baby's going to be gone. Exactly. So yeah. you realize the weight of it and that hits you hard. Well, he's feeling it. So he he walks away and around the building where and 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 now he's by himself now at this point in front of the doors, and he's holding a sign that says, "Please don't hurt your baby. We'll help you." Now, mind you, it's he moved over there in front of the doors because of the atheist that was wearing him out. Right. So he's depressed and sad and he's grieving. He walks to the front with this sign and it says, "Please don't hurt your baby. We'll help you." Now. I know the rest of the story because I got to talk to Chris afterwards. Chris is the father. He's inside the lobby waiting for his wife to finish uh, killing her child. Now, he is looking out the window at that time, and he told me afterwards that he was just in prayer. He was he was like, God, if you want me to stop this, give me a sign. No way. Wow. And right then, <laughs> my friend comes around and stands right in front of the door with a sign that says, please don't kill your baby. We'll help wow. you. Wow. Talk about God's That's providence. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And so, like, it's better. So then he was like, okay. <laughs> and so he goes, now, mind you, she's, she's, she's getting ready. They're about to do it. She's on the table. And he goes, all right, well, okay, God, if you want me to stop this right now, let that man be the owner of, and he just looks outside, and he goes, that van down the street. Now, mind you, we're in a pretty populated area, and there's cars everywhere. I mean, everywhere in the front, the building industry, industrial building across the side, all across the side, all over. There's cars everywhere. He says, "Let him be the owner of that car over there." And so he walks out to my friend. My friend just sits sad, sat, sitting there like this. He looks up at him, and Chris walks up to him. He says, "Hey, are you the owner of that van down there?" And then he goes, "That van, that van over there." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, that's my van." Oh man! So Chris tells him, "I I told God if He wanted me to stop it, that you'd be the owner of that van down there." He goes, "Get inside, get your wife right now!" 
And so Chris runs back in and he tells the woman at the at the desk, he, he says, give me, give me back there right now. You got to stop this. And she goes, no, you can't go back there. He says, if you don't open that door right now, I'm going to kick it down. And so she opens the door. He runs back, gets his wife off the operating table. Wow. And uh, they run outside. She's bawling. He's, he's bawling. And, 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 my, and we immediately took them. Uh, look, people say, you don't care about these women. You don't take care of them. We didn't have any money. We were a very small church at the time. We did not have money. We were suffering ourselves as a church to take care of our own needs. We threw a baby shower. We got his, he lost his, his business because someone had stolen his tools and his, his uh, trailer and stuff. We bought all that for him, his tools, his trailers, got his family back online again, took care of things, baby shower. Months later when Carmelo was born, she brought Carmelo to the church and we held him in our arms. Wow. That's Carmelo. There's tens of one, thousands of him that job. have been saved yeah. through the, this right. ministry and millions that have been killed since Roe v. just since Roe v. Wade. We're talking about oh they say 62 million, 63 million. Nobody it's, really knows. It's, it's, it's far more than far that. Higher, yeah. Because exactly. you also got to talk about pills and potions and all the rest that have been used. Mm-hmm. That's not usually calculated into that number. And so when someone says what's the what has happened because of what you believe here, Carmelo, Olivia Grace and Kara, all these children that have been saved. I can show you their pictures. I've held these kids. And then of course Augustine, my son, um, we his story is an amazing story, a long story, but I'll just summarize his birth mother, um, five months of old, uh, five months pregnant, d- discovered she was pregnant, went to have him aborted, and she ran into an old Christian friend who told her very straight, no compromise, yep. said, "You will not murder your child. We're going to find someone to adopt him." And she just had all the excuses in the world to do it. And she said, you're not going to murder your child. We're going to adopt. You're going to find someone to adopt him. So she then um, takes her into her home and says, I'll pay for everything. I'll go with you to all your doctor's visits, every one of them. Does the ultrasound, first ultrasound, find out that he has the worst stage of spina bifida there is. There's like four. He's on the best side of the worst spectrum. Uh, side of the spectrum. So they said that he may never walk. He might be in a wheelchair his whole life. He might have brain damage. He may never speak. Um, and then she said, then now I'm definitely going to have an abortion because no one's going to want to adopt a little boy like this. And then Tabitha, our friend Mm -hmm. saved his life, Mm -hmm. said, you are not murdering your son. We're going to find someone to adopt him. And, uh, I found out recently, Rob, that, uh, Tabitha went to his third birthday, um, two weeks for two weeks. That second time, every day she was battling with the birth mother, not to murder him because every day she said, I'm just going to do it. She said, no, you're not. Just stay one more night. Just one more night. She said it was two weeks every day she was leaving Praise God to wow. go for, for women like for a woman that stood in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Just, right. I mean, um, that's that's what it means to have zero compromise, to be standing yeah. up for she just said, What just stay one more night. Mm-hmm. Just stay one more night. And she, every day she had this battle to save my son's life. Wow. So what happened was is Lord providentially, miracles happen. That story's mm-hmm. online. I yeah. mean, a lot of miracles yeah. happen. I mean, you just read that. I mean, you just think God is good, amen. Mm-hmm. The I mean, story just, is crazy of how God brought us God. in. But we, we, we decide we're adopting him. He's still in the womb. He has a month to go. Um, and he had spina bifida. We were going to adopt him with the worst case scenario. We were We committed to it. This is our son. God gave him to us. We're doing this. And so... Now is the process of like finding the money. We don't have the money. And so like God's people just delivered the money overnight, literally overnight to adopt him. And now the world is praying for him. I remember that night. I mean, it was amazing. It yeah. was like just instant. It's if like, okay, God, funded, if you want me to do this, yeah. you got to give me the money. You got to give me the funds. And immediately he did. From 7 God p.m. to it. 7 a.m. 
$30,000 God provided. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I, he did it while I was sleeping, <laughs> which I love how he does that. He yeah. was like, you're not even going to work for this. Yeah. You're going to lay yeah. down. I get the glory. Yeah, you, you sleep, yep. and I'll provide the funds. Amen. It was a big sign to me. Um, but then uh, everyone's praying for him, his healing. But we were ready for whatever. We were ready for him to come in the worst condition. And the day of his birth, December, December 13th, 2019, he was supposed to be in the hospital for between two to six weeks for surgeries, brain shunt, sealing his back, and no one's going to be touching him for maybe six weeks. We're supposed to look at him through glass for six weeks during Christmas time. And uh, we were ready for the, the long haul. And uh, he comes out completely whole. Wow. Praise God. Completely Praise whole. Lord. Yeah. And That's mind good. you, we have the ultrasounds. Yeah. We've got yeah, him. Yeah, it's not like it was a mistake or anything. No, like it wasn't. This was a real... You and, see the and, hole in his yeah. back. And Amazing. what was the doctor's response? Really uh, the what doctors, the... and first of all, when it happened, the doctors were in the hallways saying, this can't be explained. This can't be explained. And they just kept like going back, looking through stuff like, this can't be explained. It's right there. It's right there. And it's right here. And it's right here. They're looking at it in the spine, a big black hole, or however they look at it. And... Um, so the doctor comes in. They're, they're talking about this for days. The doctor comes in. We got this video. Have you seen the video? Mm-hmm. The video where the doctor comes in the room? Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude. I've seen it. Doctor comes in the room. It's my amazing. wife secretly records, you know? Yep. Birth yep. mom's there. My wife's there. And um, doctor comes in and, like, takes him, flips him over again. He's like, do you have another one in there that has spina bifida? <laughs> now, mind you, you're still kind of on, like, pins and needles going, right. Something has to be wrong. Well, because for so many months you were preparing for this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in and, just a flip of an instance. Yeah. And they got all the documentation. Yeah. It's all right there. Yeah. And so the doctor's uh, jokingly, uh, do you have another one in there that has spina bifida? And, you know, ha ha. And then, you know, they're like, well, should you do some more tests? He's like, what tests? You have a perfectly normal baby here. And, you know, it's still, it's like, okay, have you ever seen anything like this before? He goes, never. He's been practicing in Arizona for 30-some-odd years. Right, I remember he said He's that, the yeah. number one uh, surgeon for that work in the state of Arizona. He says he has so never— it's not like he was a rookie or a newbie here. He was an experienced— He's the most yeah. well-known guy in Arizona that does this, most respected, and he says he's never in all of his years of practice seen anything like this. That's Love amazing. It, and one of my favorite parts of that story, too, of, it was um, you and Candy talking beforehand. I think you guys went to a coffee shop and— and Candy was like, "Are you prepared for this? Are you ready for yeah. this?" And then, what was your response to Candy? Well, that was it was weird because um, I believe with all my heart that God can do what He wants, and I believe God can perform miracles today, does perform miracles today. But I don't believe that we have the right to call God off His throne and demand of Him that He be better than He is, or that He does our will. Thy will be done, mm-hmm. right? And so, but we still should ask. And so I'm, I'm more trusting God with the circumstance, saying, Lord, if it's your will, please heal him for your glory. And that's what I prayed, heal him for your glory. But I never was going, the Lord's going to heal him. He's going to come out totally whole. Like, right. I never did that. I don't know right. why I did that kind of in a Kentucky accident. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a Kentucky. Y'all. But I didn't do that. And the whole time, yeah. it was more like, let's just pray. God's will be done. Lord, heal him, please. But regardless, we're going to love this boy. He's our son. It doesn't matter. And so we go while while the the birth mom is in surgery. It's taking a long time because they got to be very careful because there's like a, it's open. His spine's open. Well, it was. And so we're like, let's get some coffee. So we go to Starbucks, and I I never talked like this the whole time. And so we're leaving Starbucks, and Candy says, "Are you ready?" And I said, "Ready for what?" She says, "Are you ready?" I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Are you ready for this?" to be worse 
than we think. And I said, well, of course. I said, that's, that's our son. Of course. And I don't know what came over me, Rob. Like, all of a sudden, it, it just came out, like, out of nowhere. I go, are you ready? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, are you ready for God to completely heal him? And she goes, she was kind of like stunned by that. She goes, yeah. well, yes, yeah, of course. I said, you need to be ready for God to heal him completely. Amen. And it was like this silent. Gives me chills every I time know. I hear this. Wow. And we go yeah. back. I'm telling the you can ask her. She's around the corner right now. You can ask her. We go back to the hospital and we're sitting there. And I'm that's just it just came out. I don't know where it came from. Oh, I, I, I just I just came out. And next thing you know, like within 20 minutes, we're walking into the room and it, the the operating we went to the wrong place. We're supposed to go to the NICU to look at him behind glass. And now we're walking into the post-op. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, why are we walking to post-op? Like, why is it, we're not supposed to, where, what? And we walk in, there's a nurse in there, and Tabitha is in there. She witnessed the whole birth, so praise God for her. And now there's there's the birth mom, and Augustine is on her chest. And we were told no one could touch him. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this isn't computing. Why is he on her chest? And next thing you know, like, the all I remember, and I've said this a million times, all I remember is like this haze and this fog of chaos. Like the, the, all I remember is that it felt like, um, it felt like the room exploded and I, it's so confusing to me because it was like shouts and screaming and yelling from the nurse, my wife, like I always joke, like I think my wife started speaking in tongues, um, because she legitimately was like losing her mind and cause you don't, you don't know what's happening. And I just fell to my knees by the bed and and I just remember it was just chaos and screaming and shouting and praise God and and then it's you go into this stunned silence where you probably know the one video where like we announced to the church body mm-hmm. seek privately. Um yeah, to, was, that was with you and Candy it by was your to truck, you guys. Right? We yeah, just wanted yeah, the church body to know so we yeah. in a private group to the video and you see us we're just in a I can't talk. So I've said I've said many times before that um, I now read the stories of miracles in the Bible with Jesus in a different way now, because you sort of always wonder as you read those narratives, like, like what was it like? What was the scene like? What were they thinking? What did it feel like to see a miracle? I know now. Like at first, it's like whoa, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you you lose your ability to, f- to form sentences. Like for a, probably till that night, I had a hard time where I was like stuttering to get words out because I. I it's hard to explain. You just can't you can't think in a coherent way because you're so stunned and in awe of what happened. You just you just can't believe it. But it really happened. Like it shouldn't be, and it is. And so it's it's an amazing thing that God did with Augustine. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. We love hearing those stories so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you have anything? You I was going to say. I, I think there's a lot of young adults who are timid to get involved. And I think what you were speaking about is a good to recognize that we are weak and that we need to put our our faith in the Lord. And it's by His strength that He accomplishes these things. So it's just amazing to hear the Lord using that and His direction in it. Yeah, he glorified himself. We were all bystanders. Absolutely. Just watching it happen. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, maybe in our last uh, couple minutes, if there are people listening, young adults who want to get involved in defending life, supporting life, how could they do that? What are just some practical ways that we, that young people can get involved in, in defending their preborn neighbors? Well, I think it's really important that we... Um, I, I don't... I don't think it's very valuable to listen to, like, what are, what are the tips of Jeff Durbin, mm-hmm. like, to success? I think that that's you know, may or may not be useful depending on whether or not it's it's based upon the Word of God. I think that we need to go back to the kind of 
Christian faith that looks like the Book of Acts. And what I mean is that you can see the methodology of the leadership and the apostles in the early Christian church who had the same spirit and the same gospel as us. And they were able to effectively turn the world upside down. And I think some of the stuff you see from them is persecution and difficulty because they're bringing the message of Christ and the gospel into the public square. It's not just behind the closed doors with the church. It's not just between their ears, behind their eyes. It's something that they bring into conflict with the world in the public square. And that's what changes the world. Uh, The gospel is the power of God for salvation. No gospel in the public square, no power of God for salvation out there. And so we need to stop privatizing the Christian faith in the Bible. It's not, it's not, we, we've ecclesiasticized the Bible, like my friend Joe Boot says. We've made the Bible a church book. That's where it belongs in the church, but not out there. And so I think one of the ways we can effectively win the world and make disciples of all nations, which is our calling, is to actually bring the gospel into the public square, which means Christianity is a, fight, a fighting religion. It, and, and it's necessary for us to say that. Yes, it's a, it's a relationship with Jesus. It's a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Where we're reconciled to God. Amen and hallelujah to that. But it's, it's, a, it's a fighting faith. It's a faith that goes into the public square, and it endures persecution and difficulty on the basis of love for God and love for neighbor. That's, it's the love of God that draws us into that public square with the truth. And so on this issue of abortion, we have to be willing to lay aside our own comforts and our desire for others to like us and, and for us to be warmly received by others, we have to lay that aside and be willing to love God and neighbor enough to preach the truth in the public square. I'm not necessarily saying stand in a street corner and start raising your voice. I'm saying to go where they're at with the truth and to bring it into conflict, collision with them, so that God would be glorified and the gospel would be proclaimed. So that's the first thing, is we have to make sure we're firming up our commitments to what Scripture says about how we're supposed to bring the gospel into the world. We've, we've pulled the light of the gospel out of the world in the, West, in, the cult, in the Christian culture in the West. We've privatized our faith, ecclesiasticized the Bible, and so because of that, all we have now is a dark world with no light seeping into it. So bring it back. That's the first thing. The next thing is, if you want to get involved in this ministry, I'd say go to endabortionnow.com. Uh, you can get your church free training, free resources. We don't want anything from you. Uh, all this has been funded by Christians who love God, love these babies, and they want to help churches. So we give everything away to you. We want nothing from you. We want to train you, equip you to start these ministries to save lives at the abortion mills. And um, we train you and teach you how you can also do this at the legislature with the gospel, with the message of Christ, with the call to consistency, to get bills of equal protection in that would abolish abortion. Right now, we have uh, up to 14 states that are going to have bills in this session of equal protection and abolition. That's unprecedented. I don't think people understand how big that is. When 10 years ago, it was like, God, can we just have one? One legislator, courageous enough and consistent enough to do this, just one God, please give us one. We've got 14 happening in one session, Lord willing, of abolition, equal protection, no partiality, Justice. Yeah, be praying for that. Justice. And so it's a very big deal, so please pray for that and get involved with us. The website, by the way, whatever your state is, we have a page for you, endabortionnow.com slash KY, Kentucky. It's all plug and play. We did everything for you, so now if you go, you go, who do I talk to? Right there on that page, there is a pre-written out thing and a script for you to call, and your legislators that you need to contact, the ones you need to contact, their contact information, phone numbers, email addresses, Everything's plug and place. We took away all the excuses mm-hmm. to get involved. All you need to do is invest your time and your love. 
Tim did that, right? He did the, yeah, Tim's he did man. the website. Man, that guy is amazing. I'm telling you right now, it's amazing. The providence of God to have Tim and to do that. Because now, because the hard thing before was like, we'd get into a state, we'd say, everyone call your reps. People were like, what reps? Yeah, what reps? Who? How? Now, go to your state page and everything's there for you. Copy, can you copy and paste? Copy and paste to this Control person. C, That's all you need to do is copy and paste. We did it all for you. That's yeah. awesome. So bottom line here, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are, really. I mean, you can be uh, in teens, you can be in your 20s, you can be in your 50s, you can be retired, right? Just be faithful. Yep. Be faithful mm-hmm. to God. That's something I had to learn. I remember when I first started to get in, getting into involved in abortion ministry is um, just, I, I used to just pray, God, help me to be more faithful to you. Help me to obey you rather than man, right? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Are we fearing God or fearing man? That's what I always had to, really comes to grip with. And Well, thank you uh, for joining us, yeah, Jeff. Um, hope uh, all y'all enjoyed this episode. By the way, we're in Kentucky. I don't all know y'all. if you know this, but y'all. the plural of y'all is all y'all. All y'all. It's not y'alls. It's all y'all. All righty. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And meanwhile, keep standing on the truth of God's word with zero compromise. Amen. God bless. Thank you, guys.